Welcome. I'm Deb Colometta, host of Upcycling with Deb and author of the number one best-selling book, Best Offer, Best Life. Recently, I sat down at the Peabody Essex Museum with Yolanda Salucci. She's a fabulous and fashionable female entrepreneur. Yolanda's well-known in the New England area and beyond for her bridal boutique and for her impact on women in business overall. Our interview has become hugely popular and is now being shown nationwide. So we decided to take you back to the Peabody Essex Museum for a behind the scenes tour of how they brought this museum exhibit to life and hear how others in the fashion industry describe the importance and the impact of Yolanda. This is an exclusive interview with the curators of the Peabody Essex Museum. First, curator Patrice Linkard gives us a behind the scenes peek into the museum and to the Yolanda fashion exhibit. Take a listen. Acquiring the Yolanda Salucci collection really properly aligns with the thinking around fashion, textiles, identity, adornment, aesthetics um, in the Peabody Essex Museum's collection because it is one that represents uh, an individual, uh, a community member, um, but also a, a force of fashion and culture in a particular time period. Uh, Yolanda has led on a, on a national scale. She has an impact and engagement with designers of international note. Um, but she also is a self-made entrepreneur. And so in celebrating you know, the kind of impact that women in particular uh, in the New England area have, um, it was an honor to be able to bring in the Yolanda Salucci collection to the Peabody Essex Museum. What really stands out to me about Yolanda is that when people see uh, a formidable character such as Yolanda, a strong woman, an entrepreneur, uh, a fashion trailblazer, there is um, perhaps the assumption that you know there would be some kind of attitude or some kind of um, I don't know some kind of elitism attached to it and. The thing is, is that Yolanda Salucci couldn't be nicer. Uh, and I think ultimately that is really what helped drive uh, the success of her business is that she had a fantastic eye. She understood how her business stood apart, um, but she also has a genuine um, interest and affection for her clients, um, which enabled her to create these relationships that I think really um, were successful. Did you ever wonder how an exhibit goes from idea to reality? Listen as Paula Richter tells us more about the fascinating process of acquiring the collection and what it means for both local history and the world of fashion. I also love the footage of Yolanda's first look at her beautiful exhibit at the Peabody Essex Museum. Take a listen. My role here at the Peabody Essex Museum is to work, often work with the museum's collection. I do have uh, my interests and my expertise um, lie in the areas of textiles and fashion and American art and decorative arts, so I get to work on a lot of different projects. I also work 
frequently on the museum's changing exhibition program. And so that is something that uh, involves traveling exhibitions, exhibits that are developed here at the museum, some of them have publications, and there's a lot that goes on with all of these projects, uh, as you might imagine. Well, there's a lot that goes on behind the, the, the scenes with a museum exhibition. First of all, we had to acquire the, the collection, and so we worked with Yolanda on a selection of <clears throat> things for the museum's collection and brought them here to the museum. We were able to, to uh, acquire them from her. And then we had to go through the process of cataloging everything. So we create records for our database on each and every individual item. From there, we were already talking about displaying a number of these pieces in, in this gallery. And so we went through another selection uh, process where we identified some of the key items that we really felt would display well in this space. We also had to develop some ideas about how to display them and some of the themes or concepts about the collection, about Yolanda, about the designers who are represented, about the time period in which she lived, lives and, and worked, and, and then began to work with exhibit designers on how things would be placed here in the gallery. And we ultimately settled on um, a display that organizes the individual mannequins in kind of a color block fashion. So um, on the front of the platform, uh, it starts with black and dark blue colors, and then it transitions to a group of red, then a large group of glittering gold or gold and white ensembles. It wraps around the back of the platform. It, it goes into some softer shades of bronze and light browns, tans, and then over into blues and greens at the end. Um, on the platform that's behind me, we also grouped some things together. There were some novelty fashions um, that some of the designers had created. So uh, we have things that relate to automobile culture, car culture. Yolanda herself is a car lover, um, and she had a very distinctive taste in automobiles. Um, she was noted uh, when her business, um, one of her business ventures was to um, use Excalibur cars, very distinctive uh, type of car, and it looks like an historic car from probably the 1920s, but they were actually made in the 1960s as luxury cars. And she uh, eventually owned several of them. She had a limousine version, a coupe, um, which was a, more, a smaller, more personal uh, vehicle. And it was part of her business strategies. She describes them as her rolling um, billboards out on the highways and byways around Boston and beyond. Um, and so we do have some car-inspired jackets um, in the collection. Um, and then other, um, other textures, other colors, feathers and materials, beads and sequins and all, all things glittery, um, it, which was a signature of Yolanda's business, um, focused on evening wear and bridal, but also including day wear, but a very distinctive and unusual types. It was a great experience to work on this collection.
Yolanda Salucci is the definition of lifting other women up. As a child, I used to be driven by her bridal salon every day on my way to school. And I would dream about becoming a bride and walking through the doors of her salon with my mom. And as a bride, I got that opportunity. It's hard to explain how that experience impacts a bride and how much of a rite of passage it was for so many in this New England region. As this interview came out and became more popular, more and more people connected with me and said that they had a similar experience there. Everyone had amazing, wonderful stories to share about Yolanda and her customer service is just legendary. I'm so glad to have this opportunity to be able to share that with you. And as a small business owner, after reading her autobiography and having many small business friends myself, I wanted Yolanda to tell us more, how to get our glamour back, how to keep going, how to keep our motor running. If you are a small business owner, I hope you'll feel inspired by hearing Yolanda speak. She built her business from scratch without any fast track help from social media. And she did it all while raising a family. So if you're a mom and a small business owner, this is dedicated to you. Yolanda, it is a privilege and a pleasure to be here with you in this stunning gallery here at the Peabody Essex Museum. How are you today? I'm great and it's so beautiful to see. It's just lit up my day. What do you think of it? You just took a walk around it for the first time. What are you thinking? Uh, it's so nice to see them highlighted this way and displayed this way for people to enjoy and see the workmanship and talent of such great designers like Bob Mackie and Steven Yerick to come to life again here on the pedestals. I love how the museum has displayed them because you can really see all angles of the dresses and ensembles. The and the groupings, I just did it color coordinated and just beautifully done. It's just fascinating to see how talented they are here. It's been a, a great process working with uh, people that really know fashion and understand it and saw the creativity and the designers and the workmanship. and. When they came to take them, too, I was fascinated of how they really examined each garment. They knew fabrics, they knew how they were made, uh, how they were cared for, and they took such loving care. Each piece was treated just like it was a brand new dress. When you look at these, are there any in particular that stand out that maybe have an interesting behind-the-scenes story? One of them, which is the one with the cloche hat and the uh, beaded fur, um, I bought that, it was a Tony Chase at the time, and Tony Chase designed, I don't know if you know, for Dolly Parton. But I fell in love with that ensemble and my daughter was having a Dr. Zhivago wedding. And I decided I wanted that coat and dress and that cloche for this winter wedding we were doing of a Dr. Zhivago theme. And um, that was my favorite piece in the whole collection, of course. Bob Mackey's always been my favorite because he was a little uh, over the top very show business and very glamorous, dressed all the top stars like Cher and Mitzi Gaynor. And every time I went to his shows, I always had a front row seat because I bought a lot of his things. All of these pieces, they are timeless. I mean, you could wear any of these today and each one is so glamorous and you are so glamorous. <laughs> how, how do you 
advise people to get their sparkle back, get their glamour back? Well, you hit the nail on the head. First, I have to get rid of their Lululemon pants right away. Um, and put on a pair of pants that fit and have a little flare with beautiful fabric. Uh, it not, it's not everybody's lifestyle, but if they really want to feel glamorous, they have to dress that way. And what I mean by that is you can still wear a pair of jeans, but maybe throw a sequin jacket over it. Or maybe put on a pair of crystal earrings with just your jeans and a white shirt. Um, maybe just for the heck of it that day, instead of parenting sneakers on, put a pair of gold pumps on. See what that looks like. But it gives you that feeling. But the first thing they have to do when they get up in the morning is get dressed immediately. Make yourself feel good first thing in the morning and the rest of the day will go great. It just sets a different trajectory when you take that moment in the morning to exactly. take care of yourself. You need that. Every woman needs that. Now, we mentioned your book, which is available for sale here at the Peabody Essex Museum and on Amazon. I thought this was fantastic. I've read it twice. And I love that it tells your story and it also gives great inspiration. And, you know, spoiler alert, there's no shortcut. It, you are a success story because you did the work. Tell me more about how did you keep that motor going? All through those years when you were raising kids, it's a lot of work running the store, having a, a massive staff, um, a beautiful family, a loving family. How did you keep going? Well, it was hard because we really didn't have much and we were uh, and not in a great position. I was losing my hair at the time, uh, you know, from nerves and uh, anxiety, and my husband was, work job wasn't working out so well. And I got bought a wig because I had to go to work, and I had to look decent every day. I had to drop the kids off to school and go to work. And I found that by wearing a wig, people would stop me and think it was beautiful, and I started that way by realizing that if I got dressed and put a wig on and put some makeup on and went to work and was out there in the public that eventually things would get better. And they did because people love the wig. And then I started helping them get a wig, which went into makeup, went into clothing, uh, making my own clothes and selling them and then uh, opening my first salon. Because it was getting so busy, the phone calls that I was helping people and I was doing that just for gratis, just to help them feel good about themselves. Because I had to feel good about myself in order to keep going. I showed them that I had a hair problem too and I took my wig off so they could see that how much better I would look with the wig and they will once they felt better about themselves. But you know, it was hard for my kids because my kids didn't understand sometimes. They were a little embarrassed. They wanted me to drop off around the corner so that nobody could see me because I was always with something fancy or bright to brighten my day. Uh, they learned to love it after, but as youngsters, it was pretty difficult. No, don't drop me off in the front of the door. People will see you. Before there was a thing that we call work-life balance, how did you achieve that? My mom used to say, you can do anything you want to do. You just have to do it. When I want my prom dress is the perfect example. Uh, we couldn't afford the dress. Uh, my mom said, you'll have to make it. I, well, how do I make it? Well, just you know, get a patent or whatever, you know, just, you can do it. And I did. And I found out that it was pretty. And I guess I could. I didn't have to go out and spend a million dollars to look good. I just got some glittery fabric and fantasy tool, and that was it. 
How do you encourage people who are starting a business, particularly females, where sometimes it feels like the deck could be stacked against us, we've got all these competing responsibilities? You need to believe in yourself, number one, but you need to listen to people. You still do what you want to do. I listen all the time. And I found with brides especially and clients, I listened to what they wanted. I listened to what they could afford. I listened to what their needs were and how their lifestyle was. Because you can't start showing somebody something or selling them something unless you know what their needs are. And if you don't listen, if you're so busy ready to sell rather than look and listen to what people are saying to you. And I think that when you listen to them in so many walks of life, that's why we named our company Where Beautiful Lifestyles Begin, because it is a lifestyle. Not everyone has the same lifestyle. And I wanted them to dress and be the lifestyle they wanted to be. And you, you have to listen, but you can't let it penetrate to a point that it changes you. You need to stay positive that what I'm selling is what I want to do. I want to make this my career, and I'm going to do it. Everyone said it wouldn't work. They told me when I opened Yolanda's, my husband built the building, and we were going to put a coffee shop and a swimming pool and a facial salon. They said, that's not going to work. At the end of my career, I ended up putting in a lot of facilities, different businesses into my company because I found that brides that were coming to me needed a tuxedo and needed a bridesmaid's dress and they needed a photographer, they needed a travel agent. And I started renting spaces, which I should have done in the very beginning. But I never thought of it in the beginning. But when I thought of it, I did it and it worked. So I think that, you know, you really have to listen to yourself too and keep going. I love that advice. Let's talk about your fashion shows, which were legendary. <laughs> you had all the best celebrities in attendance. What was your inspiration for those fashion shows? Well, I started really in the beginning just doing little shows at Pier 4. And we always did something fun in it. Like we dressed some models in like a Carol Burnett outfit when she had the mop and the broom and how we changed her when she'd rip it off. She had a really sexy dress under that. And we found the audience loved it. And we learned to have fun at our fashion shows. And then we found that when we put dresses on that we would think would never sell, people were like talked about it for weeks afterward. I used to watch the audience as I commentated and I'd look at their faces and I was more interested in their reaction to everything. And the reaction was always so positive that they were having fun. They weren't just looking at a bunch of dresses. We also, fashion shows were a way to show that every woman is beautiful. The mix was a blonde, brunette, redhead, um, petites, oversized, whatever was in that show. And we made sure that women understood that, oh, there's something there for me. So I think the fashion shows were fun for me because it brought a lot of clients. The fashion shows were uh, just fun to do. And we, every year we try to top ourselves. And we always looked for a piece like a Bob Mackey piece that people would say, oh my God, I could never afford that. I would never wear, where would I wear that? That piece had to be in there too. But fashion shows were fun. I'd start working a year in advance before we did them. Uh, when I opened the first big store, my dad had cancer mm -hmm. and he was like, from Italy and never saw things that I did in his lifetime. He was always there helping me. And he, um, uh, he had gotten cancer and the first fashion show I did, 
we gave the money to the Waltham Hospital for the Lung Association. And um, that got me into realizing that through this frivolous business that I was in, that my dad uh, was so proud of, I was able to help someone else that had cancer. And so that's what I saw that was so rewarding to me. It wasn't the show itself, it was what I could do with the show. And that's how we got connected with New Hampshire, uh, Exeter. We did that show for 13 years, raising hundreds of thousands of dollars every year. Women would come out, just tons and tons, 1,600 women under a tent to see this show. And they, until I finally said, okay, ladies, I've done this for 13 years, I'm done. But it was, it was great um, and very rewarding. So not only did we gain customers, but we were able to help such worthy causes. So um, I really, very rarely ever, I don't think I ever did a show unless it was for a charity. It had to be a benefit. And if I thought they weren't gonna make money, I would tell them I'm not gonna do the show because I wanted them to make money. Uh, that was the purpose of me doing it. I got customers, they got money. Is there you know, anything else you'd like to add or, or talk about? With no, I just wish I had my Excalibur again. <laughs> oh, one question, what happened to the Excalibur? Well, it was interesting, you know, when I, when I first uh, saw that car, I thought it would be a great advertising tool, which it was. It became a big advertising tool. And um, my husband wanted me to rent it, and I said, no, I want to buy it. And he said, going to buy it outright? I said, yeah, I'm going to buy it outright. My bookkeeper wasn't too happy, but we did. And I said, listen, if you were buying you know, an advertisement on 128 on the billboard would cost you more than it cost the payments of the car. So we did buy the car, and then we ended up buying three of them. Then we bought a limousine. Out of all of the things that I miss about my business, I miss that car. <laughs> it was a conversation piece. It was fun to be with people, and um, everybody would stop and wave and want to know where it came from, and it was great. You were very hands-on. Oh, no it was very important to me. Outsource that, and that's one of the reasons why the, the quality was there, because you were there, and why you, you were able to connect with so many people, because you were there and in that, in that shop and making people personally feel beautiful. It was very important to me. I mean, even having the alteration department, I know most stores don't have them now, but it really is important that you know that when that piece left, it was perfection. Everything fit perfectly. The customer was happy. And that's how we get into everything. The shoes, the hosiery, the uh, lingerie, everything you needed to make that outfit complete. Uh, as I said, I keep saying that to beauty shops today. I don't know why you don't have hair ornaments and hair accessories and all of the extra things that you could be making because it's all an add-on. It's. I can't think of a single shop today that does what your shop did. No, they don't. They don't exist. No. So thank you so much for <laughs> so many years in that shop of, of making women feel beautiful. And thank you for your time today and for sharing your collection with the world. What a treat just to have a glimpse into your life, into your closet, and really making these ensembles come to life. By well, I thank the Peabody Essex Museum because it's the great, the way they did it, they've just outdid themselves. It's absolutely gorgeous. They did a fantastic job. Certainly better than sitting in the garage. <laughs> <laughs> I agree. <laughs>